Welcome to Divorce Stories with attorney Dennis Vetrano, the show for people that want real answers to real divorce questions from a real divorce lawyer. And now here's your host, attorney Dennis Vetrano. Hey everybody and welcome to Divorce Stories episode four. I'm your host, Dennis Vetrano, an attorney who's been practicing 20 years and handles almost solely divorce. Uh, Again, I've been handling these cases for many years, thousands of cases, and I think what I try to impart to my listeners here is some stories about what I'm seeing as trends, what I generally see in my cases, and answering listener questions. And again, I'd encourage anybody who listens out there and who loves the show, listen, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some of your questions. Send your questions to Divorce Stories Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to answer your questions on the air, okay? So today we're going to talk a little bit more about, and again, I, I think you've noticed we have a handful of issues that we've been focusing on the ground floor of divorce. What's the ground floor of divorce? The ground floor of divorce is Is it time to actually get the divorce? Is your marital relationship over? And then what are the first steps? You know, what's the basis upon which you file to dissolve your marital relationship? Is it adultery? Is it some other ground? Is it no fault? And and what are the differences? And also, what are the steps you can take right out of the gate to get yourself ready for that process to have smooth sailing through? Again, because these cases can be very difficult for people, and I want to try to make it as, as uh, smooth of a process and as seamless as is possible. So let's get into the first question. Uh, Michelle writes, I know it's time for divorce, but we've been married 25 years, and my husband says, I'm still in love with you. I refuse to consent to the divorce. She asks, can he do that? Short answer to that question is, no, he can't. Now, we used to be what we call a fault state. Now, most people don't know that. I've been handling divorces for, you know, going on two decades, over two decades. And I used to have those cases where you had no choice but to plead, basically allege, somebody's had an affair, there was cruel and inhumane treatment, basically a fault ground, and then you'd have to prove it to get the divorce. Now we don't have that any longer. As of 2009, 2010, we now have no-fault divorce in New York State. So the short answer to that question is, if you want to be divorced, you can. But here's the caveat, and, and a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people who practice superficially in this area of law don't really know and understand this. With the no-fault divorce ground, you need to have resolved all of the other ancillary issues before you can actually get the grant of the divorce, meaning dissolving the marital relationship. So what are ancillary issues? Child support, child custody, child visitation, attorney's fees, spousal support, temporary and permanent, and equitable distribution. Basically, everything else, all the other pieces need to be resolved before you can actually get the divorce with the no-fault divorce ground. So they can't really refuse the divorce, but if they're going into the process saying, I don't want to be divorced, they can make it difficult for you. So that's the circumstance where you may be, if there's been constructive abandonment, or there's been abandonment, or there's been adultery, or cruel and inhumane treatment, you might want to have your divorce lawyer plead a fault ground in addition to the no-fault ground, such that if you don't reach a resolution on all of the other issues, no matter what, you're still going to get the divorce. Now, listen, I've had these cases, like I said, thousands of cases, but I can remember a case right off the top of my head, a lady I represented many years ago, 
says to me, and we're in the midst of, you know, a, a knockdown, drag out, litigated case, a lot of assets, three kids involved. She says to me, Dennis, I don't want to be divorced. I still love my husband. I'm refusing to consent to this divorce. It's going to disrupt what our kids are doing. We're happy in the household. We don't really fight. I don't see any reason to consent to this divorce. Now, back then, you'd have to prove the grounds for divorce. And and back then, we were getting ready to pick a jury to make a determination on the grounds for divorce. But here's the thing. As I said, even though you don't want the divorce, and or or your husband or wife for that matter, and they're trying to stand in the way of it. You know, ultimately, at some point, if it gets difficult, and that's what happened in that case, they basically said, I, I can't take it anymore. I, I still love my husband, but I, I need to get out of this process. I need to have it over with. So it brings up another point that I'd like people to really think about, strongly consider. And as I do consultations with clients, I discuss this with them all the time. You want your, listen, divorces are law and logistics and then mental and emotional. It's such a unique area of law. If you're arguing over a property dispute, whether your property line is five feet further this way or that way, yeah, there's money involved and maybe there's a little bit of emotion, but nothing like a divorce case. So divorce lawyers are really a very unique breed. Um, You need to be prepared to handle the emotions. So when I say that, logistically, you may have everything that says divorce, let's move through it, let's be amicable, let's work things out, and yet the emotions are not there. So you want to do the best you can, and this is something that it's difficult for your lawyer to do for you, but you want to try to get to a point where you both go into the divorce process, where your emotions are in check, and you say, you know what, maybe I'm not happy about the circumstance but we're splitting, I can accept it now and I can work through it amicably. Because if, you've, if you have one person standing in the way of the resolution of the case based on some emotional baggage that they have out there, it can be costly and time-consuming and aggravating and stressful. So you have to do your level best to assist both yourself, get yourself right, that's probably the, the starting point, and, and work with your spouse for them to be in the right frame of mind as they go into the process as well. Because you don't want to dump a boatload of money into a lawyer's office or a boatload of money into court costs or, or lost time at work. When really, if you just took a little bit more time working through the emotions of the process, not just yourself, but with your spouse, so that when you go into the process, you're working through this circumstance in the right frame of mind and you can work through it effectively efficiently, and best of all worlds, amicably. So on to our next listener question. We have a question here from Jim. Jim says, I've made the decision. It's time to get divorced from my husband. Where do I begin? That's an age-old question as well. And and I think it's, and, and for so many people, and especially when they first set foot into my office. It's such an incredibly daunting task. And as you heard um, before in our last listener question, as I explained to people, there are mental and emotional aspects of this process in addition to just the basic, you know, dollars and cents, you know, mathematical uh, calculation sort of situation where you're dividing assets and figure out support numbers. It's not as simple as just that's yours, this is mine sort of thing. And you know what? I'd point the, the listeners to, um, 
I point them to our to our website because we have two really useful uh, blog posts on our website that I came up with a little while ago, and it gives you basically four practical things you can do right now to prepare for your divorce, um, and five legal things you can do right now to prepare for your divorce. So I'd like to share with you a couple of those. I, I think that'll give you the right starting point, Jim, and anybody else out who's out there listening to the podcast and is saying, okay, I haven't even started. Where do I begin? I mean, I think the first thing, you know, people are going to look at this like it's a sales pitch and it's really not. But the first thing is to get a divorce lawyer who's knowledgeable and experienced to help you guide through the process. I mean, I can't tell you how frequently I explain to clients the best way to work through these cases most effectively and efficiently is not to try to do it on your own, you know, at your desk in your basement. It's it's about getting a lawyer who's knowledgeable and experienced who can give you a snapshot right out of the gate of exactly where you need to be and guide you through the process. So in my mind, you know, that's that's kind of one of the first things you want to do. Um, and from a practical standpoint, create a to-do list. I mean, listen, I can't tell you how many to-do lists I've created throughout my entire life. I mean, tens, hun- hundreds of thousands of lists. So when you go to the grocery store, you, you, you prepare a list, right? Most people do. Hot dog rolls and, 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 uh, and dish soap and what have you. Listen, something as complex and as challenging as working through the divorce process, wouldn't you want to make a list of the things you need to do? So start with a to-do list. Top of that list, divorce lawyer for sure. Um, and then I think, you know, another, another top thing on that list is to gather the, the documents you think you'd need. Look, you're going to need tax returns, right? You're going to need to get copies of your K-1s, W-2s, those sorts of things. Um, if there's income from other sources, sure, you want to get proof of those things. I think that's another useful uh, uh, step you can take to start working through the process. Let's go back to another practical thing. Establish a support system for yourself. Start with you. As I said, there are a lot of emotions involved here, but start with you. You're going to help your spouse and you're going to help your kids too, but you start with you, okay? Because you can't help anybody else if you don't start by helping yourself. So that support system should include, as you would expect, a knowledgeable, experienced divorce lawyer, but also maybe an individual counselor. You know, maybe if it's a domestic violence situation, uh, a domestic violence advocate, and they're out there. Um, also, friends and family you know you can count on. What if, if you had an emergency? Let's say, you know, my, my mother used to always use this, this example for me to determine what's a good friend and, and what's a not-so-good friend. And she used to say, look, if you get a flat on the, on the highway and you had one or two people you could call, and you called those people, who were the people who would come pick you up? No matter where you were. Think about that. And usually you're only going to have one or two or three, okay, if you're lucky. So, you know, create that support system for yourself. I think it's super important. Also, gather bank account statements. Typically what lawyers are looking for is, you know, rule of thumb, three years. So savings account, bank account, stock account, um, 401k statements, pension statements, you know, those will certainly be one of the first things your lawyers, your lawyer well, at least should be asking for. And again, if you have a lawyer who knows what they're doing start to finish, they're going to ask you for all of this stuff or the bulk of it right up front. You should get a letter from that lawyer within the first tops week asking for the bulk of the information they're going to need throughout the entirety of your case. At least that's what we do. 
Um, going on to more practical uh, things you can do, and I say get started right now, secure, safe, and appropriate housing for yourself and your kids. That may mean staying in the marital residence. If the two of you can peacefully coexist while you're working through the divorce process, take advantage of that. That'll save you some money. But if you find you're arguing and you're fighting and the police are showing up every other day or, or, or worse yet, there's physical violence between the two of you in the presence of the kids, that's the worst circumstance for you and your kids. You know, maybe it's, hey, mom, you know, you have that, that extra space in the basement. Is it okay if the kids and I come and stay there for a while or you have a friend or even just, you know, the resources are there and you say, look. I know I don't want to keep the marital residence. I'm going to be moving out either way. There's a really good apartment in my kid's school district. Let's do it now and work through the process together. Um, Again, so there are some legal and some practical things you can do at the ground floor right now. Jim and any of our other listeners out there who are, you know, uh, uh, about to, to thrust into the divorce process. Uh, those are some of the things you can do. And don't hesitate to visit our website. Again, those two blog posts uh, in their entirety are listed on our website, drvitranolaw.com. They're, they, you know, they're really helpful tools. And in fact, you'll find a lot of other blog posts there. It'll give you a lot of valuable, um, useful information with a quick visit to our website at drvitranolaw.com. So there you have it for delving further into the grounds for divorce and what you can do to get started if you're about to, to uh, move through the divorce process and, and a little bit on you know when it's time to pull the plug on your marital relationship. Remember, if you have questions, send them to divorce stories podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And look, if you have a pressing issue where you feel like you need a divorce lawyer right away to help guide you through the process, don't hesitate to visit us at drvitranolaw.com. We'll see you next time.